Good evening, listeners. It is the 5th of May, 2019, and you're tuned in to 88.7 KBVR Corvallis. It is currently just about 7 p.m., and on a Sunday, that can only mean one thing. It's time for another episode of Inspiration Dissemination. I'm Lori Lutz. And I'm Daniel Watkins. At Oregon State, we have more than 4,000 graduate students in over 80 different programs of study. And here on Inspiration Dissemination, we feature the research and personal stories of one of these students each week. If you are a graduate student at OSU and you're interested in coming on the show, or you just want to find out more about all the awesome things going on at Oregon State, check out our blog at blogs.oregonstate.edu inspiration, where you can find out all about our up and coming guests and links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Inspiration Dissemination is recorded live, and should they occur, any opinions expressed on the show are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily represent Oregon State University or the station. Tonight, we are joined by Hoda Tahami. Welcome, Hoda. Thank you. Um, Hoda is a third-year PhD student in Dr. G. Hay Park's uh, Geomatics Research Group in the Department of Civil and Construction Engineering. She uses geomatics, which is the science of gathering, storing, processing, and delivering spatially referenced information to improve weather models for hurricane prediction. So, Hoda, we just want to get started by having you tell us a little bit more about geomatics and how you use that for weather modeling. Um, hello, thank you. Um, Thank you for having me here. Uh, actually, I'm working in OSU Geomatics Research Lab toward my PhD degree. I'm um, mostly working on uh, GNSS-based uh, positioning and navigation together with prediction of uh, severe weather events um, by analyzing the GPS signals. Actually, the geomatics um, is a field that um, you know combines a variety of disciplines and includes lots of tools and techniques, including remote sensing, GIS, photogrammetry, cartography, GPS, global navigation satellite system, and other mapping um, tools uh, for measuring and actually uh, representing uh, the Earth's measurements. So I don't know about you, Daniel, but geomatics is a new word for me as of <laughs> this last week. Yeah, a new word for me as well. But as you explain all the different things that fit under the umbrella, see, that's kind of a large portion of what just makes up our modern world and our understanding of where we are on the planet. Yeah, definitely. The geomatics is a very interdisciplinary field, uh, which combines, you know, uh, combines many uh, tools and techniques. And they mostly related to geographical information you know, to produce some products or, um, you know, some services based on uh, just spatial data. So most of what at least I am familiar with, and probably many of our listeners as well, with GPS is just our navigation on our phones. How does GPS play a part in your research? Yeah, really, i really excited to talk about this topic because uh, the primary purpose of, you know, GPS is for positioning, uh, navigation, and timing applications. Uh, but this technology is capable of, you know, monitoring the moisture in the atmosphere as well, which, uh, which uh, you know, my focus of PhD research is about that. Um, you know, what we usually measured from GPS signals in uh, well-known applications like positioning and navigation is measuring the, uh, the time of travel of signals from satellites to a ground-based receiver 
and use uh, you know this information for positioning. Uh, the radio signals um, you know coming to the ground-based receivers not only include some range information that is critical for do, you know doing the positioning ser- solution. Uh, but also include some error sources, including um, atmospheric delay. The GNSS signals or GPS signals, I should mention that GPS is one of the constellation in the global word, generic word that I'm using as GNSS, which is Global Navigation Satellite System. G- GPS is one of the constellation, which mm. we mostly used in our uh, you know, um, work and applications. Uh, and the signals, you know, the delay of signals due to the atmosphere um, can be um, quantified and, you know, numerically modeled. Um, and we can estimate the moisture uh, or water vapor in the lower atmosphere, which is troposphere, and use it for um, monitoring and uh, even predicting purposes for, for predicting some severe weather precipitations. So um, your research specifically is looking at, um, you were collecting data from a hurricane, Hurricane Matthew. Um, so how did you use that data in order to um, incorporate that into your models? Yeah, our, uh, as a case study, we you know selected Hurricane Matthew, which was the, one of the most construct, uh, you know, destructive um, hurricanes in the U.S. histories. And um, we could uh, collected a GPS observation for more than seven days of observation. We selected some days before and some days after the hurricane, including the during of the hurricane, and uh, you know analyze the GPS um, observations and also calculate the um, the value of water vapor in the in the atmosphere by using the delay um, in the GPS signals. So uh, is the idea that we have some pulse coming from the satellite and it's running into water vapor on the way and that's changing the signal as it comes through? Yes, actually the wet and the uh, dry part of troposphere can make some, you know, delay on the GPS signals and we can model and also measure this, uh, you know, this precipitable water vapor. We can estimate those values uh, through these uh, error sources. So in the positioning, we mainly focuses on removing these error sources. But in this kind of application, we are, you know, looking in deeply in this error source and find some meaningful information from those delays. In our case of um, Hurricane Matthew, we estimated the precipitable water vapor from this delay and um, could uh, connect you know, the correlation between the fluctuation of this parameter together with other meteorological parameters, including pressure, temperature, and uh, relative humidity, and see how, um, you know, how this fluctuation uh, can be meaningful in defining the track of the hurricane and also some parts of it, its intensity. So, um when you're collecting this data, it's kind of a, a unique data set that can complement existing models, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that and how this, um, the data you're getting from the GPS signal is different from what already exists? Yeah, sure. Actually, uh, one of the benefits of using GNSS um, observation is um, their availability um, in high spatial and temporal resolution. Uh, currently in United States, um, the course stations, which are um, 
continuously operational reference station are tracking and storing GPS signals um, in 24 hours, seven uh, days of week. And they are freely available uh, with very high temporal resolution in one second sometimes. And um, it can be you know, used uh, in many cases that current uh, methods of uh, methods that we use in forecasting models, for example, satellite imageries or traditional sensors that uh, directly um, measure the water vapor in the atmosphere cannot obtain those parameters in the atmosphere, mostly in, you know, based on, for example, weather conditions, sometimes in the area with, in a cloudy region, I should say, uh, many of these methods cannot work properly. Um, but GPS uh, hasn't any limitation in uh, in terms of using in the other you know weather condition even in cloudy region. Another aspect is that um, you know one of the most uh, limitation that uh, we have in our current forecasting model is the definition of initial condition of atmosphere, which is very critical for forecasting models. What GPS can do is, uh, you know, helping, providing some situation to define the initial um, situation of troposphere or, you know, boundary layer of atmosphere that is critical for forecasting model. So it can be, um, you know, um, it can be helpful in defining the initial condition for the forecasting model and it can be useful for, you know, in assimilation with other weather forecasting models. So, um what you're saying is that the high temporal resolution, so compared, so you have data that's like every second, which is maybe even a higher resolution than you really need. Yes. How does that compare with um, what's out there? Like what's the time scale for other? Yeah, the time data? scale of other techniques are mm -hmm. very different. Uh, it depends on the techniques that you are mm -hmm. using because it can be some di direct observations of water vapor or some, you know, using some satellite imageries. Um, but it depends. Um, but the point is that, you know, having the very high uh, temporal resolution of um, GPS data enable us to uh, to integrate the observations in um, very high uh, temporal resolution and apply them to uh, having a forecasting model for even um, a few hours. For example, in our test, um, we used one to 24 hours prediction time lag um, with using one seconds of observation in GPS signals. Um, we did the averaging of um, observations to five minutes of observation and um, define a model for one to 24 hours of prediction. So what areas do you have the data for? You mentioned that there has to be a receiving station. So where, where would these receiving stations be located? Um, the course station, we, uh, which we used in our model um, and continue, we are continually using them, um, are distributed all over the United States. They are well distributed in the coastlines specifically mm -hmm. in this part of the United States, which, um, you know, hurricanes happen a lot over there. Um, they are managed by um, NGS, uh, NOAA, and, um, you know, they, they are in land, but uh, because they are well distributed and they are, you know, distributed in very high spatial resolution, the data is available, um, you know, um, you can you can trust on having a, a real-time availability of data even for your forecasting model. So um, 
you were talking about how this kind of sets a baseline for other existing models. So can you talk about how your data can potentially merge with um, other existing data to make it more robust or maybe more accurate and useful for um, hurricane prediction? Yeah, sure. What we did in our um, study, specifically for Hurricane Matthew, was starting to look at the correlation between uh, the uh, estimated precipitable water vapor from GPS and other meteorological parameter, and first found if there is any meaningful relation between these fluctuations or not. After that, we we decided to use a model for, uh, you know, a statistical model actually, um, to see how this um, time series of observation from GPS can be merged together with other meteorological parameters in a, a statistical model, which is multivariate statistical model, and can use for predicting um, for one hour later or 24 hour later or even more. So with, uh, you know, th this was um, done by at first decolorating some parameters, atmospheric parameters together and um, pick, the, uh, pick those parameters that have most influence in the, in the model and then form, uh, form a statistical model based on those parameters. Um, regardless of um, uh, defining this model, what we could observe was that um, the parts that uh, hit by hurricane on a specific time had a very low res residuals in our model when we compared them with the current methods. We, um, for example, if you um, uh, when we compared the actual predicted values from our models and the current observation of water vapor from other t um, methodologies, um, we could compare the the, res uh, the residuals are very low um, when the stations are hit by hurricane or it was in the center of the hurricane or on that specific time. And uh, because we had several stations and we, you know, analyzed all of them together, we could see how the movement of this fluctuation is happening. And by, um, you know, by looking at these um, uh, low residual parts in each station, we could connect the stations with the lowest residual and find the path by looking at a model's residual actually for each station. So um, is this a topic that has been explored before or how did you find out about this ability to like pull out extra information from the error in GPS? Um, GPS meteorology is not a new concept. Um, mm -hmm. It has been a while that the researchers are working on um, this atmospheric delay on GPS signals to find how they can, um, you know, relate it with the forming of, you know, atmospheric phenomena or s mostly severe storms with rainfall. Um, so it has been proven in many research that there is a correlation between these parameters. But um, looking uh, to uh, fluctuation of this parameter in a space and time to find the track of the movement of this, um, you know, moisture in the atmosphere is something that we are very interested to look and we are doing it in geomatics group.
Right. And you started with the one hurricane, but you've extended it to a bunch of different storms, right? Yes, yes, you are. Currently, I'm working on uh, Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Harvey, uh, which happens in 2017. Um, and both, uh, you know, um, occurred with lots of rainfall in the affected area. And we are trying to see if uh, the proposed methodology, um, you know, can find the track correctly in other cases or not. Right. I remember one of the things that was a big deal with Hurricane Harvey is that people weren't sure whether to believe the weather model because it was showing such an enormous amount of water. Do you think that having this extra information from GPS would have helped have more confidence in some of those predictions? I hope to, because, um, you know, the spatial and temporal variability of the water vapor is very high during the forming a convective uh, you know, system. And uh, we hope that by having a high spatial resolution data, we could catch this, you know, variation. And uh, definitely it can add some other, you know, meaningful information for the current existing models. It sounds like... Uh, there's a, some very important applications for this. I'm excited to hear about what you've been able to do. Um, what do you think the next steps are for you? Um, during my PhD here, um, I will. I hope that I can uh, complete processing of uh, many case studies and see if there are some parameters that we should consider more in the our, in our model, or if there is any criteria or even uh, situation that uh, you know the model uh, can help more. Um, and also, um, you know, probably uh, after graduation, I have lots of idea in this field, connecting this with, uh, you know, current, um, current models, current, uh, you know, methodologies that people are working on for forecasting. And I hope that I have the chance to, you know, explore more in this area and uh, have more findings, you know, to connect those areas. So for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to Inspiration Dissemination, and we are here with Hoda Tahami today, and she is talking to us about her research on um, geomatics. And we, um, I'm interested now to kind of find out a little bit more about you and how you um, happened upon this field of um, researching geospatial data. Uh, this story is a started from my high school time. Um, actually, I was uh, very interested in math and physics during my high school. And at that time, I felt that I should, uh, you know, join an engineering program, ultimately. Um, I, uh, I did it, and I found that geomatics is um, interdisciplinary fields that, you know, I need many skills um, to accomplish my goals there. I my interest in math, physics, technologies, computer science, geography, and many other fields um, perfectly matched to what um, geomatics offered me at that time. And I feel that this is the field that I really like and I want to go in deep uh, in yeah. the concepts in geomatics. Yeah, oh, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, how did you come across Oregon State? Uh, actually, Oregon State has one of the best geomatics program in the U.S., um, and uh, the variety of research um, in the research labs of geomatics is very well. So um, by joining the OSU, I had this chance to not only work with the recent technologies in the geomatics field, but also um, work on different, um, you know, research. Uh, and um, I, I'm really glad that I have this chance, you know, to experience working in different research groups in geomatics. Because you're um, 
your bachelor's degree and master's degree were actually done in Iran, right? Yes. Yes, my um, bachelor and uh, master was in Iran, and I uh, was uh, graduated in uh, geomatics program. Uh, but in my master's degree, I was mostly focused on uh, geographic information system and developing some application in um, web and mobile application mostly, use GIS. Um, however, here at OSU, actually beside the work that I'm doing right now in uh, GPS meteorology, I'm uh, developing a web-based tool using GPS and GIS for, uh, de- um, for uh, actually um, detecting vulnerable area to hurricane-induced precipitation. And um, I'm using my skills from my master's degree and also what I learned here from OSU. Mm -hmm. I really love how holistic your program is. I imagine with, um, like, you not only have a a broad skill set, but I imagine you also work with a lot of collaborators because of that. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. for example, in the field of study that I'm doing, um, there are lots of um, agencies like um, National Geodetic Service, NGS, and also um, NOAA and uh, Weather Hurricane Centers. Are, all of them are, you know, in somehow connected to the topics that we are doing in Geomatics Research mm-hmm. Lab. Yeah, there are lots of collaboration that we can have with other agencies. Very cool. So what would your dream job look like? Um, I really like to stay in academia and, um, you know, continue my working in research. I love teaching as well. So I think uh, staying in academia will be um, very well matched to my personality and my, you know, uh, future goals. Do you think we can expect to see this mobile app available anytime in the near future? I'd love to play around with it. Uh, actually, it is, it is not a mobile app right now. It is a desktop version. Okay. But I hope that, uh, you know, I can I can use it by end of my PhD. Very yeah, cool. some parts of the development <laughs> still remain and I'm working on that. But I hope that it will, I can, you know, publish it soon and yeah, it will I, be available for public I love the idea of having something that's immediately usable by people, because usually the result of a PhD is something that's very important, but also not easy to grasp. And it takes a while to build on that and translate it and make it accessible to people. So you're kind of aiming to have something that's just when you're fresh off of the PhD, tell your friends to like log in here. This is one of the things I worked on. You can use this already. Yeah, it it was other part, exciting part of my research that you know, because I'm engineering, I always you know like to implement uh, you know what I'm doing in my PhD in some kind of applications, and that's why I I um, started you know developing some kind of application to show to public what uh, we can get from GPS signals. Um, and uh, I know that uh, the, if um, you know this happens, it can be used as an early warning system, and for you know if, even public awareness because um, it can provide the, as a real time you know data um, and also some real time um, near real time actually forecasting models, and uh, it will be beneficial for um, not only the decision makers but only for public awareness as well. So you obviously are very busy doing your dissertation and your side projects and all of these things. But if you're not doing those things, um, what else do you like to do? Um, actually, I'm, 
outdoor person and I really love to you know spend my times with my friends um, my uh, however my family is not here with me uh, they live in Iran and uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you know I have the chance to have uh, very best friends here very good friends here and I really love to hang out with them you know mm-hmm. during my free time um, and um, yeah I, I think this is the uh, you know most interesting parts for me you yeah. know Getting to meet new people and enjoying the beautiful outdoors in yes. Oregon. Yeah. Yes. What more can you ask for? <laughs> <laughs> so we have two traditions on our show. And the first one is for you to share a bit of advice. Um, and you can tell us um, who this advice is for and what advice you have. Um, actually, I shouldn't say it is advice, but it is a little bit my experience and I want to share it. I think it is... Um, not only can be applicable in, um, you know, some graduate study or for a student like me for their PhD journey, but also in life as well. Each of us may experience lots of hardship, you know, in um, in achieving our goals, in the way of achieving our goals. And I I think if um, if we don't give up to something that we truly believe in, we will find a way to achieve it. It may be hard, but uh, I want to say that if you love something, love will be in, and, you know, you will get what you are trying for. So don't give up. Just try for what you want to have and believe you will get it. That's lovely advice. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, we have one more tradition, and that is a song of your choice. And so I wanted to know what song you picked and why you picked it. Actually, I uh, picked a song called um, We Are The World. Um, it is uh, by Mike, uh, Michael Jackson. I really like this song. What I really like about this song is the purpose and the message behind it. Um, it talks about, um, you know, peace, equality and unity in the world. And it is saying that uh, we can all do something to change the world, regardless of what uh, we are doing, where we live, where we born, we were born. Uh, we can do something to change the world, to make it a place for um, to live happier and more peaceful. And um, I, I like this for this great actually message. Yeah, I think it's an excellent choice, and we are looking forward to hear it. Um, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We are so happy to have you and um, to learn more about your research and more about you. Thank you so much for providing me this chance to introduce my research to your audience. Uh, I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you. And here we have We Are the World uh, by Michael Jackson. There is a time when we should heed a certain call.